Welcome to GWC Podcast number 328, recorded June 16th, 2012. In this episode, we talk specifically about the U.S. space program and how it influenced us growing up and how it will influence us, we imagine, going forward. But first, your hosts, three unrepentant sci-fi geeks. I'm Chuck Cage. And one day you end up a big evil, you know, crap bag. And with me, Audra Hesse. If I had a nickel for every time I got boned at the eye of Jupiter. And Sean O'Hara. <laughs> I shall fart. <laughs> Our mission, enjoy new science fiction, fantasy, and other cool stuff every week and share the experience with you. Oh yeah, and have some fun in the process. GWC is brought to you largely by the generosity of listeners like you. It's your donations that keep us going. For more information on how to donate, visit galacticwatercooler.com slash support. And the fine folks at audible.com. Visit www.audiblepodcast.com slash watercooler for your free audiobook. Of course, we'd love to hear your opinions, too. So if you have something to say or, hey, you could introduce us to something new, don't just holler at your MP3 player. Give us a call at 214-296-9229. That's 214-296-9229, extension 701. And leave us a voicemail for inclusion in a future show. Better yet, you can join the GWC community, a group widely recognized as the friendliest people in sci-fi, and watching, reading, and enjoying all kinds of cool stuff 24-7 over on galacticwatercooler.com, our website, blog, and forum. GWC is a spoiler-free podcast, and we define spoilers as definitive information regarding material not yet released in the United States or its country of origin. In short, if it's out, it's fair game. Welcome back, everybody. Yes, this has been an excellent week for movies. Oh, no kidding. indeed. But I have a small announcement. Oh, yeah? I got a puppy. (laughs) That's awesome. Yeah, we... uh, New puppy, new puppy, new puppy. We did. Uh, I I tweeted about it yesterday. Uh, His name is is Bolo. (laughs) Nice. For, uh, as Chuck will know, and some other people, it's a giant future self-aware tank. And uh, Shannon... Love the name because in security and, and cop terms, it means be on the lookout. All good. All all good things. So if you ask one of us versus the other, that's the the things you'll get. But he's a uh, a boxer beagle mix. He's nice. adorable, too. He is. He is. He's oh, got a man. little black face with little brown eyebrows. Little it makes him look like he's entirely thoughtful or oh. an entirely smart ass all the time. You should have you a know? collar that's like a little button with strings coming out of it. So it's going to fit right <laughs> in. A little bolo collar. Yeah. He, uh, well, he, his collar was picked out by Squeak. Uh, my mom, uh, for those who don't know, runs a uh, or co-owns a, a dog shelter slash uh, kennel slash uh, uh, dog obedience school and stuff like that. And... Uh, they take in foster dogs sometimes and everything, and somebody found him half dead. He's oh. like three months old, uh, and uh, they nursed him back to health for the last couple of weeks. And I was there with Squeak, and Squeak just grabbed a collar off of the uh, the little board there, snapped it on him, put a leash on him, and started walking with him. You know, come on, puppy, come on, puppy. You know, and the puppy's like, yeah, all right. You know, so. <laughs> <laughs> I inquired as to where this dog came from, whose it was, and why my daughter was leading it around. And and uh, one thing led to another, and we, we rescued him because nobody else wanted him. Now, the Humane Society wouldn't take him. The ASPCA wouldn't take him because they were full. And the no-kill animal shelters, they are part of the overflow for those. Right. So And they were full up. So he 
couldn't go anywhere, you know. So you ended up kind of fostering him? Yeah, I wound up kind of fostering him, and uh, Shannon went out and got a dog bowl and a tag, and I'm like, "Uh uh-oh. 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 Oh, this is is no longer a foster. This is, you know, and suddenly, you know, we should call him Bolo, you know, and and, uh, Squeak's like, come on, puppy, you sleep with me now. You sleep with me now, you know. And and didn't you say she stumbled a little bit and she used to stand up? She fell down. uh, She tripped over the leash and everything, and and, uh, he stuck his head down, and she put his hand, because he's a sturdily built little dude. And uh, (laughs) he's only four months old. Yeah, hence Tank. And uh, she put her, her hand on her head and he kind of raised up and lifted her up and then they so went cute. about their way. So, uh, yeah. And of course, Tala doesn't care, you know, <laughs> like I'm old and give me food. You know, he doesn't <laughs> I will always be the most important yeah, one around exactly. here. <laughs> I mean, it's sort in of like, my mind. Yeah, it's sort of like Abby with you guys. Abby oh, is yeah. completely secure in her place in the world and it is not worried at all. Tala's much the same way. And, uh, Yoda doesn't care cause he's got a ball. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I have a new puppy. You know, if I were ruler of the world, what I would do is expand Build libraries. <laughs> yeah, I would expand the police force to make a special division for investigating and hunting down and prosecuting firmly people who, you know, screw yeah. with animals, people who leave animals, abandon animals, neglect, hurt animals. You know, it would be it would basically set it up so that you would be tried the same way that you would be if it was another person. You know, it would just be a special like animal protection division of cops. All, all three of my, my dogs now are dogs that somebody threw away. I mean, literally threw away, uh, and, and didn't care enough about, to for their well being or even take them to a shelter being like, I can't take care of this animal or, or anything. Um, that is a, a lot of, of love and companionship that people are just tossing away. And I, it, it's the same for me is, is, you know, like killing and eating small babies. You know, it's, it's that, that line right there. You've crossed it and You're just, like, big babies. Fine. Carve them up. Yeah. Carve them up. <laughs> small you know? babies. No. <laughs> uh, so yeah, it's that same line for me. I, I cannot stand it. It's, it's one of the things that I, I don't, try and judge people too often but it is one of the things that if i know you have done that in the past i will i will condemn you forever you know that to me that just puts you in the category of like rapist serial killer or yeah, whatever you like know michael vick never forgiven him i don't care how good he is at throwing a football he's a dick but anyway this cast isn't about that <laughs> sorry it's a little rant i had we love animals here at gwc <laughs> But uh, yeah, Bolo, uh, check my twit. He's out there. He's he's super cute and and adopt a adopt a pet. Hell yeah! <laughs> I didn't mean to go all Betty White on everybody, but you know, we got some news. News. And now, Galactic Water Cooler. Okay, before we jump in, I got to say, it's been awesome. It's summertime, so Audra and I managed to get to the movies. Woo-hoo! Yeah, which is sweet. Which means two things. Number one, we get to see awesome movies. And number two, we yes. get to see trailers, which is which is badass. Um, movies, we saw Prometheus. 
finally, which right. was awesome. I can't remember if we talked about that last week or not. No, we haven't talked we about it on GWC. We mentioned it a little bit on, on if this week and that's it. And I think we could probably do a segment in the future if we felt like it, but, uh, but I just wanted to say, wow, really enjoy. I am, I, you know, I think it's, it's on its way to being a classic, whether it's the most popular or not. I don't know, but, but wow, so much, so artful, so much meaning. Excellent movie. Really good stuff. Uh, we also saw Men in Black 3 uh, just yesterday, actually. Yeah, so we're a little late coming to that one. Yeah, but yeah, a whole week or two. Well, I, you know. yeah, well, I, well, I guess that's it. true. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's I haven't <laughs> seen it. <laughs> but uh, we're blown away with it as well. Really had a lot of fun so much. I you know. really enjoyed it. Yeah, yeah, I was really surprised. But I want to talk trailers for a moment because we, we got to see <laughs> a ton tra- of them. Yeah, indeed. Fun. I'm trying to think of all the various trailers we saw in uh, there. Spider-Man? Spider-Man comes to mind. Doesn't that look good? It looks awesome. Andrew Garfield is adorable. <laughs> well, you know, um, Andrew Garfield and Emma Stone are now a thing, or at least rumored to be a thing now. They're, uh, they were on the set, and, and so a lot of... They, they said it was super easy for them to, to be like romantic in this one because they... We're they hooking kinda, up anyway. Yeah, they kind of were. Oh, but that's cool. Uh, I don't know if you guys really paid attention to some of the the story that, that this is. She's not going to be Mary Jane. I had uh, heard that. Yeah. Uh, and I cannot remember the the name of the character that she's going to be, but it's this. they're really going towards a, another version of the, the Spider-Man one. It won't be the, the same kind of deal. It looks, um, it looks a lot tighter to me. And we were reviewing this on legends the other day. Uh, you know the the first Spider-Man. You know the the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man. Yeah, right. Has not aged well. No. Uh, in comparison to the other uh, uh, comic book movies, and this trailer, I don't know, man. This this looked really tight. Uh, the, it did both in the way they're portraying him because it's of course the Amazing Spider-Man uh, type of storyline, uh, and I can't remember which. It, it is, but yo, yeah, it's the the one where his his web is is not natural. It doesn't come out of a you know. It's not wrist splooge. I was gonna say I noticed that <laughs> there were a couple of things that like anybody who spent any time with Spider Man, and I'm no Spider Man expert, but just bang right off the top. Number one, these all from the trailer. No spoilers here, right? Right. Um, and I saw the trailer yesterday, so I might have missed things too. Uh, number one, he definitely showed him building a thing to shoot webs. So, Absolutely. So that's that's that storyline, right? I like that better. Um, I think there are advantages to both, right? Yeah. Uh, number two, uh, they're obviously going to change his family makeup, which is probably going to piss people off, I think. Because uh, am I correct? I saw in the trailer that they were essentially indicating that his father was... Uh, a scientist, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Which is not the original Spider-Man story. Yeah, the what I get from this is just from the trailer, and and I could be wrong here, but uh, what I get from this is his father kind of genetically engineered him, and uh, or at least genetically engineered something that was administered to him. Wow, that's different. Yeah, that's super different. Yeah. And I. You know, it's like a new Batman story where it turns out that Batman's father, you know, <laughs> turned him into a superhero and yeah, exactly. Batman's father was, woman. you know, really a guy named Early lives in South Jersey and Prop Duster. To, yeah, exactly. I mean, there's some weird stuff. I mean, it really did take an angle, and there might be a, a Spider-Man out there that that has this storyline. I don't know. I'm not smart enough to right talk to that, but uh, there, it's definitely a departure from all the Spider-Man 
material that we've seen in in movie format before. You know, I'm like I know nothing about Spider-Man either, but it seemed to me that one thing that looked more like the Spider-Man comic to me was his attitude. Yes, like, very much so. Like Spider-Man is this trash teenager. Talking. Yeah, he's this trash talking. He's witty, and he's got a little bit of stones you know i mean he's he's kind of small and shrimpy and, and wiry but he's also a little bit arrogant he's which got a he kind of needs to be yeah yeah, yeah. And that's he, he's like a teen con- punk and i didn't i didn't get as much of that from toby mcguire like uh, toby mcguire found my weakness small knives yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i feel like toby mcguire spider-man seemed a little bit more meek meek yeah like yeah. like a little bit of a wuss you know like kind of you know having trouble coming to terms with everything and sort of emo and and this guy i feel like he's more of the kind of the teenage punk sort of spider-man that i always yeah kind of got the impression that's you know, who he was. he's doing the right thing he's doing it for the right reasons but he's not exactly gonna follow convention and he sure as hell isn't gonna be humble about it you know especially to the criminals that he's he's dealing with so i I don't know. I was super excited about it. Uh, Wing and the rest of the Legends crew have a quarter writing. Wing says this is going to be bigger than Avengers. I disagree. seriously doubt that Not that's going to happen. I think there's no way. I, I don't think that's even possible uh, for, for this. But I do think it's going to be exciting. I am, it I am very excited. It doesn't have to be bigger than Avengers to it be doesn't. badass. It's yeah. going to be a great movie. I'm, I am uh, at least a great movie to for me to go see. I want to go see it, and, and I think it looks great. I really do. I think it looks in, incredibly cool. I got to ask you guys a kind of a spinoff question, but Andrew Garfield's wearing um, those big black rimmed glasses huh, in, right. in there, you know, and I don't know if I've seen him in those like outside of the movie, you know, I don't know if those are his own or if he wears them, but that's a thing now. Like everyone's wearing those, you know, Usher was on SNL recently where like any, one of the shots that he had, he was wearing those big nerd glasses and, uh, Students are wearing them. You know, I, I saw a chick at the gym the other day who was like a, you know, 18-year-old young woman who obviously was like popular and athletic and you know what I mean, there with her friends. And she looked like the kind of prototypical, you know, like athletic teenager, except she had on also those big nerd glasses. Yeah, people do that. We've been doing it for about a year and it a half. It started with the, the, the square square glasses crowd, as right. Chuck calls it. Yeah. And then it started to get into you know the nerdtastic glasses uh, that you see now like essentially functional versions of bcgs yeah yes and i'm i'm wondering you know how a lot of people feel i'm curious like i want people to call in and tell me like how do you feel about that being co-opted from nerd culture because that was always something that people were made fun of for and now people who are are very secure and and popular and, and doing great are taking that and being like using it as a, an accessory to, to add some kind of additional layer to their personality or something. And I, I don't, it's weird. I'll tell you uh, when I, I knew it was turning the corner, you know, the corner for, uh, what is mainstream and what is not lens crafters or, or somebody had a commercial the other day where it had those, those nerdtacular, you know, mm-hmm. big glasses and everything. And it was this chick and she was doing the dirty librarian mm-hmm. routine. Mm hmm. And they're like, you know, oh, come get these glasses. They're super safe. And first of all, I would like to just first state that that's, that's hot. Uh, second, it is very interesting to me how it has managed to worm its way around to all the stereotypes that used to identify people as targets for being picked on are now targets of street cred. 
I know that it's so weird. It's very interesting. I'm not judging. I'm just saying it's very interesting because I can draw the damn line. It it was about a year ago, and I I tweeted a picture of it. There was a black and white magazine photo, like a two page photo spread of a a male model for Dolce and Gabbana, and he was wearing nothing except white uh, boxer briefs and those glasses. (laughs) Yeah, that's funny. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. It, it just is. Which is fine, you know. And speaking to somebody who wears glasses all the time now, anyway, I, you know, it's it's just a matter of personal style. Wear whatever you want, you know. Wear whatever you think makes you look good. If you want to make a statement with that, awesome. I think it's funny that the same people who made fun of it fifteen years ago think it is the height of fashion now. I I, I don't know. It's like the I, children of bullies, you know. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> You know, so I, I don't know. I, I think it's kind of amusing. Apparently, if you want to be cool, all you have to do is ask people, you know, ask your parents what was uncool when they were in school and then, <laughs> and then wear that, you know? Well, there are fashion cycles. I don't think this is, these glasses are a part of one, but um, but there are fashion cycles. Absolutely. I am now old enough to have <laughs> seen them passed through a couple and it's kind of entertaining to me, you know? Yeah. Well, when I saw 80s fashions coming back in, <laughs> I was like, uh-oh. <laughs> I was like, oh wow! Oh, Are you really going to do the the speckle oh high tops with the the, the pegged pants and the, oh yes, yes you are yes yes yes, yes you are and it's funny because you remember the rest of them so when oh, they when yeah. you see the first hints you're like oh crap I know what's coming next <laughs> I can't help but be curious though if high if American pants <laughs> will yes, the 90s oh high waisted pants come back I don't think the early so 90s? I bet they will oh they already are really oh yeah really oh yeah we were doing a, a all right, some of the details removed, but I, yeah. I was at a shoot, sure, and uh, they were doing some of the uh, the hyper trendy stuff, and these chicks went into wardrobe, and these dudes went in, and they came back out, and their sleeves were rolled, they were brightly colored shirts. <laughs> neon. Um, oh yeah, it was it was all the super neon, you know, like the early '90s, like salt and pepper. Yeah, yeah, you know, type uh, uh, neon, and then um, these chicks were wearing pants that you know they're. Between the bottom of their boobs and the top of their pants must have been about that much space, you know, about three inches. I mean, it was all high. Now, it was seriously, you know, fashion cut and all that kind of stuff. And I'm like, really? I think I'm in a time. They're like, oh, no, 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 this is, this, this is coming. You know, this is like six months from now. This will be the thing. And I'm like, wow. Nope. Because <laughs> in junior high, it was like that when yeah. I was, you know, but yeah. But I can't help but wonder if, I'm not if doing that again. American men no. have an insecurity about their butts. Because if you think about I it, never really think considered about my think ass. about think about gigantic saggy pants as big as they got, like late nineties, right? Hammer pants. No, late nineties. Like skateboarding oh, like like yeah. so saggy that the bottom of the pant that the that yeah. the, the opening on the legs was they actually had an bigger inner belt than the to waist. hold them under their waist. <laughs> yeah. Yes, exactly. An inner belt. <laughs> nice. Now, now imagine, you know, how it's evolved since then, where basically those like um, praying mantis leg, yeah, like the Ramones kind that. of thing has come back, except take the Ramones pants, but give them a saggy butt. Yeah, the combination of the That's two was what, a little weird for me. I had trouble understanding. We're trying to I, create frog ass. Well, it's yeah. one thing. <laughs> it's true. It's true. <laughs> but it's one thing, like, and I, 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 I hate to be like, yeah, off my lawn, you know, and be like, yeah, uh, and be all like, you know, look at that crap. Just who would have imagined I just that have combination? With that. In fact, I had this really weird moment, and I, I've done it twice since in various times, and anyway, 
where I realized that I had no idea what pants fit me, you know? <laughs> I'm like, holy crap. So I finally, like, got a pair and went down and were like, not pants, and said, you know what? I'm just going to grab, like, a couple of sizes of each. Your finest trousers, please. Yeah, oh, I went down, you know, because I, I used to wear Levi's all the time. And so I just went down, and, and I they had, like, in guys, unlike women, where they have 32 styles. They only have, like, eight or something, you know? Yeah. So I just got one of each, you know? And I tried them. Even the ones I thought would be stupid, I'm like, I have yeah, no skinny, idea. Skinny, regular, bootcut, carpenter, you know? I mean, there's there's only about eight. Yeah, so I tried all of them, and I was really shocked. I mean, first of all, I could fit in all of them. That was fascinating. Second thing was, <laughs> I was it was. Second thing, though, was like wh- what they did to you. I was really, mm-hmm. I was surprised, you know? I never yeah. really thought about that before. And, uh, you know, I, I could wear skinny jeans. They, I don't enjoy the look at all, and, and actually... They don't fit. They don't. I mean, I'm not. I'm not trying to be weird, but they don't work for me because I work out and my thighs are too big, like, and the, not from skinny fat. Je- skinny, <laughs> jeans, skinny jeans are not designed so, for really muscular. Right. Guys. Exactly. So by the time I buy a size that my thighs will go in, they don't look right. So that's out, you know. And uh, baggy is kind of just. I mean, it doesn't really work for me either, you know. So I ended up with with straight jeans, straight cut. Like, they're kind of in the middle, you know? I, I didn't realize. They fit pretty well and seem to work. But, uh, but man, I mean, it's it's weird. And and you should see, you think guys are bad. You should see the women's jeans. Audra was bitching about it. I'm like, what are you bitching about? I don't understand. Just try them on. She's like, no, no, come here. And she shows me at the Levi's store. And there are like, there are like six variants and then sub-variants within those. Yeah. And none of them have names that make any sense. Like, like they'll call it, uh, you know, flirty or yeah, yeah, <laughs> freedom, freedom, happy. You know, you're like, what the hell? You know, I mean, could you please explain how these are sewn together? You know? like, like guys jeans. I mean, yeah, they have our new line slutty. <laughs> yeah. No, that's very, very evident. That's, but I mean, that's it. I mean, guys jeans, at least they have like, you know, they have the stupid numbers, but like, you know, 511, you know, okay. That's yeah. skinny and jeans. Women's numbers, skinny. Okay, yeah. cool. I know what that means. Women's numbers don't even like you know correspond to actual measurements well you know, i think that, that's on purpose too and they have you know? a sliding scale that moves like from year to year and manufacturer to manufacturer and country to country you know those are the scale changes and oh yeah it's a joke you know right? so, like, really? when you ask a woman her size should be like well i wear this for this brand but unless it's the boot cut then it's this but if you get the kind that it has this wash then it's a little tighter on the button it's ridiculous i can't do that I, it's it's like and shannon tried to explain all this to me yeah. you know I, I, Your head's my, just like my brain starts to hurt. I'm like, okay, well, what size are you? Well, she's like, I've been trying to tell you, and I'm like, but you haven't said a size, you know. And with me, I, I'm I'm an old codger at this point, you know. It's like I found carpenter jeans, and you can stuff a whole bunch of crap in them, and they got lots of pockets, and they're real comfortable. So I just wear those, you know. And it it's easier for me, but for Shannon, I just give her gift cards. I, I can't. Yeah, oh, it's, I can't. It's can there's do. no way I could do that. I. I mean, it's not like I don't want to try, but I, no. I don't I understand the, the Byzantine here. labyrinth of, of women's clothes anyway. <laughs> and, and jeans are the easy part. I mean, you know what they call workout clothes? Active no wear. Active wear. You know what they call casual clothes that are like fake workout clothes that you can actually wear like... Couch wear. That, that you don't work out in, but... <laughs> that look, would be awesome. They look, they look like fancy versions of something that you could work out in, but you wouldn't want to. Do you know what they call that? Sportswear. Huh. 
Yeah. Yeah, like, oh, yeah, like I don't get that, but okay. Like if you want if you want clothes that look like workout clothes but are really meant for wearing to the mall. That's called sportswear. Those are called sportswear. Yeah. I see. And if, if you, you want clothes to actually work out in it's like called active moisture wicking materials yeah, and, or just something that won't correctly yeah. right. all that kind a of stuff. lot of department stores exactly. don't sell women's workout clothes and i actually talked to a guy at like uh jc Penney's and and macy's and stuff because they'll sell men's workout clothes and i'm like where's the women's workout clothes and he's like eh, we just don't have them and i'm like so what you're saying is all the models in your store are these women who are very fit and very thin but you don't actually sell anything for women to work out. I can see the Audra like verbally assassinating this, <laughs> this JC Penny person. This, yeah. this really nice guy who's like this, this uh, like maybe thirty year old like black dude. He's like, do you realize no, you're, you're perpetrating a lie, sir? <laughs> he's like, yeah. yeah. He's like, you know, I never thought about it that way. I'm going to tell somebody, and I'm like, Audra's thank like, you. You got fired the next day. Yeah, <laughs> probably. God, you got to go. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I did not know any of that. I, I purposely just I can't do that. I found like jeans that fit me and clothes that fit me, and I just wear that. I have since like ninety five. Yeah. If I find a pair that works, I'll just buy like five of them. I'm, <laughs> I'm all screwed up, man. I, I go, I go up and yeah. down and around. You had sizes. a radical body change. You didn't all even the time. know. You've never, I never even know been what I'm this size wear. before. You know? I mean, yeah. I, I never know what the hell <laughs> I'm gonna be wearing. So I've started keeping like two sizes up and down. You know, and I end up like mix matching to make, I don't know, whatever. Oh, yeah. It'll work out. Oh, yeah. I also have picked a uniform, which is fairly standard, which consists of t-shirt <laughs> like and jeans. Like a last action hero. <laughs> it is. It is. I have the last action hero, except I, I do very color of the t-shirt from time to time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Chuck used to make fun of me for that very thing. He's like, you wear the same thing every day. I'm like, yeah. Yeah. You know, great. I have four pairs of tan cargo shorts it's cheaper i have one <laughs> you, you you see now i i thought you had two nope as long as we're sharing when we shouldn't be i'm gonna <laughs> say something really be. funny um i have always had an issue with shorts like like i just have never oh, yeah, he has, like and by issue he means complex yeah pretty really? much oh yeah it's I just really put my white legs and knobby knees on display and actually care. that's not it that's not i mean i'm not embarrassed about, style i'm not embarrassed shirt. about my legs at all i don't oh. care about that now but what's really funny is um you know i i never wore them in high school or in in college much a little bit whatever so i never had any experience didn't to draw you weren't allowed to in high yeah, school yeah they didn't want to wear them in high school that's not wow. unusual for texas and uh which is stupid yeah it is and but we were allowed to yeah but then um so anyway, the the problem I have is that like I always connect shorts to people I saw wearing them. And inevitably there was someone that I knew at some point that wore some shorts that I didn't like them. And then all of a sudden I have problems with that. So like I did the same thing. I was like, I need I need shorts. It's hot, man. I need so to like, wear I shorts. I wore basketball shorts because I knew a guy who played basketball was a dick. I can't wear those docker shorts because I knew a guy who wore those and he was a dick. And they were cargo <laughs> shorts because Sean wears those and he's a dick. Yeah. You, you say that, but <laughs> the irony is, yeah, I mean, like I, I, I just cannot. I mean, I honestly, I think I look okay in all of them now, but I just don't. I personally have issues with it. Like I tried wearing uh, the standard like flat front kind of khaki things and i just can't get used to looking at myself in those and i tried wearing uh longer ones and i just can't get used to working those and and i can't wear jean shorts because no 
and uh, we're not doing that. Uh, and then guys plus jean shorts looks good on you though. <laughs> exactly. No, not so much. women. Fine. You know, like the Audrey's wearing a cool pair of, of women's jean shorts. They're awesome. But I just could, you know what I ended up with what you're wearing. Yeah. 10 cargo shorts. Um, and I wasn't even sure I would convince myself to wear those for whatever reason. I think they look good on so you. So I, I bought like a cheap ass pair at Target. You know, like the I forget whatever the fake Levi brand oh, yeah, makes yeah, for yeah, them. I know but I just went and bought it's like one. Like Levi. Yeah. Levi. Yeah. Levi. Yeah. yeah. L i v e. Yeah. V e. It's like no really. And uh, the logo's blue or something. Yeah. But no, I, I super comfortable. I ended up buying a pair, and and they are. You know, no lie. They are like super comfortable and I wear them around sometimes and I'm still like very self-conscious and for a reason I can't figure out. But um, really? Yeah, I don't know why. I can't imagine not going through it because it, it, Chuck is a, he used to laugh uh, back when in, uh, we were doing some some work out in the shop and stuff. I carry crap in my cargo shorts. My cargo shorts carry stuff. You know, I'm always I sure. always got stuff in the pockets and stuff. It's like Juan in his vest of holding. That's yeah, awesome. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I got stuff in the pockets. The I Scotty do. vest, by the way, for yeah. anybody who doesn't know, Google it. It's pretty oh, cool. It's awesome. If if I could manage that style, I would totally wear the Juan yeah. vest. Didn't of Juan many pull things. out like an iPad out of it once? <laughs> that, was awesome. that would not surprise yes. me. Uh, actually, so Juan is one is a man uh, of actually, much utility. It was a Kindle, but oh, right. now it would be an iPad. He's got one now, so. Why not? Yeah, you know? exactly. So that's Prometheus. Hey. Uh, like, so why do you keep in there? A pencil? Or, you know, car. a ring? <laughs> He's like, whoosh, pulls out a laptop. Hell yeah. Oh, that was it too. He had a netbook in there one time. Yeah. That was wow, pretty, that's pretty impressive. damn sweet. Uh, that's, that's a big Along pocket. With, and, then, and then people at the meetup will remember when he used to have three iPhones. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've, I've seen him do yeah, that. Because he had he had one that I loaned him for here, and then he had his from back home, and then he had gotten a new one. So, anyway. Um, casting news for uh, for RoboCop. I, I think, think, both I think it's the same this. one, right? Well, uh, maybe. Because uh, uh, Samuel L. Jackson. Oh, right. No. Is being cast. Two different really? ones. Yeah. In, uh, for, oh. in RoboCop. Because oh, cool. everything is better with some Sam Jackson. That's right. That's true, actually. The other one is that I, I heard that uh, Hugh Laurie was in negotiations to play uh, kind of a villain, essentially the head of the evil corporation. Nice. That's yeah. awesome. Which could be really, I think, super I hope he does badass. that, and I hope he speaks in his native accent. I can actually see Hugh Laurie doing Either a way. bad guy. Oh hell yeah! You know, I mean, he, well, he really plays House. House is a bad guy. Yeah, but House is is a same. screwed up dude who does bad things. He means villain. I mean like, villain. I think he could do okay. big e evil. I I agree, but I just want to point out House, House is a screwed up protagonist. House, I don't know, man. House does bad thing. I haven't seen the finale, so I, I can't speak to that. But House does bad things and good things for bad reasons. He's not a villain. He's a screwed up protagonist. I didn't say he was a villain. I said he's a bad guy. He was one or lab accident is. away from being I, a super I'm villain. I'm saying I that Sean was using bad guy in the in the way that you use villain, not bad guy as in morally this not is true. great. This is true. I, that that's very true. I use <laughs> bad guy B, as villain. Capital G. Fair enough. I'm not sure. I'm not sure House was a villain, but I, as as Leonard says, he's he's one lab accident away from. I agree. From from a super villain, I think he could. He could totally play trend that, that role. I really think he could. He could do. He'd be villain. all over that. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, and I, I hope he does because that would be badass. Yeah. yeah. 
sweet. Uh, the more I hear about the RoboCop stuff, as long as they don't have like a craptastic uh, script or, or or it's not like hamstrung in some way, I'm really excited about the RoboCop stuff. I'm a little little edgy about Peter Weller not being in it, but you know what? I'm, I'm cameo, okay with that. cameo, come on! I'm cameo. hoping. Uh, you can only hope, you know. And but, uh, did you did did you uh, see the Total Recall trailer? Yeah, I didn't in the movies. I didn't. I saw uh, it. I, I guess that was with Men in Black. I guess. Yeah, yeah. Looks I, I cool. Am I old enough? I'm old enough now, I guess, to where like they they started the trailer without the name, and I actually caught mm-hmm. myself going. I know this. Oh, that's Total Recall. Oh, yeah. We knew right away. Both of us did, yeah. <laughs> Isn't that sad? You're old enough now. You've seen the originals. You're like, yeah. oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I haven't seen that. I did see the uh, the trailer for um, uh, Savages. That seems really cool. Oh, um, which one is that? I think I saw that. Uh, that's the the drug dealers who, who yes, uh, that, are, are in love with the, the same woman. Yeah, and then they, they, they're like... Totally nonviolent, and then they go to war with the cartels. That looks super cool. I'm not really into the whole drug trafficking movies or anything like that, but that looks super cool. You know, actually, what bothered me after the fact that I, I thought about that a lot because the trailer was really kind of impactful. I thought, yeah, no, it was super, super high end. Um, we saw that that trailer before Prometheus, and I was thinking about it, and and something kept sticking in my brain, and I couldn't figure out what bothered me, and then I realized what it was. It was when, at the beginning of the trailer, the woman character is narrating, and she's like, this is so-and-so, and blah, 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 you know, and she introduces the one guy, and you see all the different clips of him, and then she goes, and this is so-and-so, blah, 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 and she goes, and yes, I'm with both of them. And what bothered me about that was that I realized that if it was a guy who was with two chicks... He wouldn't say, I'm with both of them. He would say, they're with me. Like, it would be treated like he was this stud and that they both kind of were fawning over him. But with her, she's like, I'm with them. Like, I'm trying to think of an example where that would be not true and I can't. Yeah, so, yeah. I think that's yep. So instead of her being like this powerful kind of like stud like woman who gets these two guys, she's not. She's the supporting role for guy one and the supporting role for guy two. I was like, that's just twice as sucky. <laughs> I'm not impressed. That's just twice as sucky. Yeah, it's like I didn't see her as, you know, gaining status or yeah, power from I have, that at all. I have no problem with the threesome in, in either combination, but uh, it's – or any combination, really. But, yeah, I I hadn't noticed that, but you're probably I, – I, I've been desperately trying to think of a reason to make that not true, and I, I can't find one. I can't even find an example of one that's like that. So, yeah, you, damn. Sorry, I didn't notice that. I didn't notice that one. It still looks one, like a cool movie. It still looks like a cool movie. I, I love the idea of it. Uh, you could just tell that they were they were trying to make her out to be kind of like, like oh, this modern like a woman. boss. Yeah, like a boss. You know, this modern woman who doesn't care about tradition and stuff like that. And you're like, no, she's she's still doing the same old thing. You know, <laughs> now with twice as much misogyny. <laughs> Yeah, it it looks like it could be a good movie. It reminded me a little of. Uh, did you ever see Itu Mama Tambien? Um, there was a, a version. I mean, it's with English. You. It's a it's a Spanish <laughs> movie, but there's a version with English subtitles, and you would dig it. Yeah. Yes, you would dig it. Um, it reminded me of that because cool. there's a similar kind of storyline in that movie. Love it. 
But um, see, this kind of reminded me of like a gritty version of Desperado, and I was down. <laughs> yeah, on it. yeah, I was totally down. In that movie, these two young guys basically end up on this adventure, you know, this road trip, and and this woman is involved with them and stuff. And nice. Uh, it's a really good movie, though. I mean, yeah, cool. And there was a trailer for this movie with Jake Gyllenhaal, this cop movie. Um, Not sure if I saw that one. I can't remember what it's called, but it looked awesome. He's all buff. He's got a <laughs> shaved head. He's playing this <laughs> this young cop. and Yeah, the cartel stuff creeping into media is starting to well, get it's gaining, disturbing. It's, it's gaining a lot more uh, global attention, and, and I think uh, uh, really some of the... the that kind of story is going to start creeping into popular media and, and all that. I mean, it has been for the last couple of years, but I think we're going to see more of it now, which is kind of a shame because I, I, I hate the, the inspiration that they're drawing from, but it does make for some good stories. So I'm kind of conflicted on that, but well, it freaks me out. Cause just like two days ago, they, they arrested a major guy. He's the brother of like the head cartel in Mexico and they arrested him in Oklahoma and he had connections in Dallas and, and, you know, this stuff isn't contained on one side of the no, border, you know? No, I think some people would like you to believe it is, but not really. But we, I won't get into that kind of thing. Uh, so, yeah, another piece of cast. Hey, you talked about your, your pants for like. <laughs> <laughs> well, please don't let me uh, interrupt. Interrupt. Let me not interrupt the cartel analysis. <laughs> you know, I'm just saying. <laughs> to let anybody know that uh, Brent Spiner is going to be on Warehouse 13. Ooh, sweet. As like a guest or... or you know, I, I, I get the feeling. I, I didn't read real carefully because I actually kind of want to enjoy it when it happens. But You're right. Do you remember... The who, replacing Eddie McClintock with yeah, Brent Spiner's Yeah, exactly, <laughs> yeah. No. Actually, they're just they're just going to turn Warehouse 13 into fresh hell. Yeah. It's, it's going to be... He's the new Claudia, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> same wardrobe same wardrobe yeah. that's gonna be same uh, tood yeah more spiner yeah <laughs> but uh i get the feeling that it's gonna be like uh um like the guest the trek guest they had last year where he's gonna play uh guest yes but not like a walk on walk off in an episode but rather a person that will have some involvement over an episode or two you know, a short arc, that sort of nice. thing. That's the that kind of feeling cool. I got yeah. from that. That would be super cool. I agree. As long as you get over the spinerness of it. You know. That's awesome. <laughs> He's a nut, and he that, that makes it but awesome. It's, but it's super cool to see him. Embrace, you know? embrace it. It's, yes. it's yeah. fun. Embrace yeah. the Data it's Garcia. Crazy. Hell crazy yeah. Dude. I honestly think in that particular movie, we didn't know it, but we were seeing him play himself. I agree. Independence Day? Uh, yeah. He, he was on Nerdist a while back. Did you hear him talk about that? I, I didn't. He was saying that I guess he went in and didn't give a damn. If I remember, somebody correct me if I'm screwing this up, but I, I think he said he didn't really give a damn about So He didn't think he was going to get that role, and he literally just went in and was came himself? up with this. No, no, no. <laughs> he came up with this really freaky take on it that had nothing to do with what people had been asking for. Nice. And they were like, oh, yeah, no, that's that, it. That's you it. Know? I want him. <laughs> it's like Dean Stockwell. You know, they they're like... You know, our character is nowhere near as skeevy as this guy, but, you know, if he could just tone down the skeeve a little, he could be Cavill, you know? <laughs> have you guys been, have you guys checked out his web series? Who? Dean uh, Stockwell? Yeah, that's it, Dean Stockwell. <laughs> he has a web series. What would that be called? <laughs> Porn. <laughs> I'm sorry. Skeeve.0. Oh. oh, crap. I'm sorry. I'll leave that alone. No, no. Uh, Brent Spiner's been doing a, a web series called Fresh Hell that's essentially about 
uh, about a famous actor. This is funny. Uh, a famous actor that has an event, which they don't really necessarily tell you what it is, but like this thing that kind of kicked him out of, of the limelight and he's <laughs> digging his way back by teaching people, teaching acting classes in LA. So it's like wow. each episode, it's like That's him really with cool. all these people. Sounds like a great premise, actually. It's, it's, it's exactly what you would imagine. It's, it's Brent Spiner freaky. In, and it's kind of fun. It's worth checking out. Well, uh, what was her name? Uh, Miranda, Miranda Sertes? Oh, Marina. Marina Sertes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. She said that he actually was her acting coach for, for a long time on Star Trek and stuff. It's so funny. this is not something that's new to him. So, I mean, that, that sounds like it's, it's weird, but if you enjoy the, the Brent Spiner weird, which I do kind of. I, I think you'll get a kick out of I fresh it in moderation. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah. it's like, yeah, you wouldn't want everybody in the world, but that's the point. You don't want everybody in the world to be Brent Spiner. You know, he's, yeah. he's Brent Spiner, man. Although I, I will say that your recommendation a uh, week or two week, uh, whatever the hell it was, uh, of tabletop. Oh yeah. Was excellent. I watched that this week. You I get had a kick a, out a of it. A little bit of time. And yeah, I, I you know, for me, uh, it was really cool. I, I, uh, but I think my favorite episode was, was the first one be honest it, it is cool it looked like the 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 most kind of dynamic gaming and and homey scenario that that there was on the show so I far i got a copy of zombie dice i she saw did. that yeah. <laughs> i saw that and the one with colin ferguson was indeed the awesome i still haven't seen that one did you enjoy the munchkin episode i did the Very munchkin episode so. was really cool it's it yeah. was it was really cool to to see uh it, really i thought i would uh I would enjoy it anyway, but I enjoyed it in a completely different fashion. Than- I know. I was the same way, actually. When I came to it, I thought, oh, this is going to be you know, awesome, and, and, and it was, just not in the way just I thought. Just not in any of the ways I thought it was going to be. So yeah. It literally is like, if you can imagine a more entertaining version of your game night. Yeah. That's what it is. And it's just this idea of embracing game night as this way to bring people together and have fun yeah. and stuff. I and- liked everybody there more after having seen yes. it. Yes, because yes. the interaction is quite surprisingly real. You know, you really can't fake the uh, at least all the time. You can edit, you can cleverly edit, but you really can't fake gaming like that. And you really start to understand yeah, people having fun. Or how not. yeah, how people work and how they think about things. And yeah, they are playing uh, up a little bit, but a lot of times it's one of the best ways to to really see how somebody really is. And the more I see of like Sandy Parikh and, and <laughs> yeah. it, it was excellent, and Will Wheaton and who yeah. was uh, you know playing a role. Will Wheaton has never won on that show, <laughs> yeah. And he plays everyone very excited, very and, and of course he is the host and he's he's doing it uh, for a purpose and everything. But you can tell it really doesn't bother him. <laughs> he wants to win, but it kind of does. Yeah, it's you fun. know he really wants to win, which. Chuck and I kind of identify with that because well, we're, that's cool because like that, there's but. there's oh, nothing yeah. lamer than you know somebody who plays a game with their friends and is so unconcerned about winning that they don't try. Yeah, yeah that's, that's, that's lame. Fun. Like that's you, you cool. want the person to care somewhat. Yeah. If you, you know? beat me, it's because you beat me. All right, that's not it's <laughs> <You're> right. <laughs> not because I let you have. It. Oh, we did it for no. You beat me. You won because you won, not because I let you have it. Yeah, I was going to say real quick a uh, Brent Spiner connection. Um, another thing we saw at the movies, you know how the theaters are like the, the movie cinemas are bringing back 
other stuff like TV shows and other yeah, events yeah, like yeah. operas and stuff. Oh that yeah, this is important. Yeah, they're actually um, bringing two episodes of The Next Generation, Star Trek The Next Generation, uh, to be shown in one night back to back coming up here at uh, like the 23rd. 20, yeah, the 23rd. Yeah. Nice. It's um, one of those fathom things that they're doing in oh, theaters okay. across yeah, yeah, the yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But it coincides with, I don't know if you realize, it coincides with the Blu- Blu-ray release of oh. the first set of Blu-ray stuff from Star Trek. And there what, were, what what exactly is I don't I don't remember oh, okay. exactly what episodes they are because uh, no no on Blu-ray what do you mean what's being released on Blu-ray next gen all of it no uh, it's the first chunk of of next gen Blu-rays they're going to release all of it eventually yeah, yeah they got to remaster it like all that. but it's or... it's it's not really um, they're they're doing more than just re kind of shooting it you know like i mean like like doing a new transfer and putting it out you know like when they went from when they went to dvd they essentially went back and just did a transfer the same transfer that they did for uh uh, for vhs and then they put them out you know but what they're doing now is they're they're going through and they're restoring some of the some of the uh, effects shot on film wasn't it it was yeah Yeah. so that's good that's a plus because uh, you know that's a great question because one of my friends asked me a long time back why would I care about buying a Blu-ray release of something when I have a DVD release of it and it's lower quality anyway and that's not true a lot of things were shot on film and the film res is actually higher than Blu-ray yeah so you know you can't get more and in fact they released I was going to say they released a a, a couple of episodes uh, Inner Light and uh, crap I can't remember what the other one was but they released two like you could buy a little pack with the two just to see what it was going to be like uh-huh. and and uh, Juan bought them and showed them to me. Yeah, and yeah. I saw Inner Light, and it's really funny because it's incredible. It's a different experience. It's, it's watching what you it remember, but it's depth. really not. It's you know? not like yeah. it's weird because you can see like in some cases it's better, in some cases it's <laughs> yeah. not. Like the effects are dramatically better, you know, because they they really look bad on on video, and and the transfer on the DVDs is pretty bad as well. And and in this one they look great. On the other hand like set design uh, oh yeah like up like uh really shows through <laughs> oh yeah in inner light uh so crusher is like waving this this piece of gear over picard as he's laying on the floor doing his like living his ex- second life right and you can see that it's like a brick painted you know almost it's like you can see the scratches on it and crap, and yeah, it's like it was that, awesome. You know that long kind of bowed wooden rail that um, on the next gen. Oh yeah, the bridge. Yeah, yeah, yeah on the bridge, the, the tactical station. Yeah, you yeah. can actually see like that. It's like plywood that's painted, you know, with like nails in it and stuff. And you can see uh, Worf's makeup where the the ridges are attached and stuff. You can see like the edges of it. It's. And everything. It, I think for fan, I mean, like, if put you, on the old VHS. If you, just, <laughs> if you don't really care, it's I good. Want my, my suspension just back. Watch the old. <laughs> Stuff, but man, if you're a fan, uh, the new stuff is worth seeing. And they're going to release two episodes uh, where where no one has gone before, and Data War, I think, are the two yeah, that the, they're going to release. One was the the Crystalline Entity one, which I think is from season one. So they're going. So it sounds like they're picking effects heavy episodes for the f- release. I think because they want to show oh, what they can do with it. Okay. You know, I was like, why would they pick that? <laughs> yeah, but well, I did the same thing, and I'm like, effects. That's got to be. Yeah, it's, it yeah. is. I totally am thinking if I can, I'm going to, I'm because they're doing it. The little theater up the street here is doing one. I think yeah, I may go check are, that yeah, out. Yeah, I would like, love to. Other than inner light, those are not the top 10, you know, 
things that you would start with. I mean, there's yesterday's enterprise. Oh my and God. I want to see that. Yeah. yeah. Couple others. Yeah. And you know, there's hopefully uh Q's effects will get a little bit better. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I'm not putting anything against you. I love John Delancey. I love his character. I love him. I, all that stuff. But encounter at Farpoint is, is the worst data point you could pick. Encounter at Farpoint is rough. Yeah. To judge, uh, Next generation. Yes. So I'm glad they're not starting with that. Hey, I hate to hog the news, but I want to talk one other Trek thing. Uh, I'm sure news everybody is clearly aware. It, and if not, you need to know. Uh, it is the 30th anniversary of Trek 2. Yeah. Rathicon? Yeah. 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 Really? Yeah. I did not know that. Yeah. Yeah, so I don't know. Maybe we could figure out something to do with that. I'll think about that. But yeah, we well, should. I'll just arrange a call. And- yeah, I don't know, man. We got a whole year to figure it out. So yeah. it's not like it's you know, it's an issue. But uh, but yeah, it is. Isn't that crazy? It's like the I know, that's 30th awesome. anniversary. That's 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 a bit wow. Uh, not Holy to go crap. not to go back uh, a little bit, but I do have a, a cool thing. After I watched, uh, as I said, tabletop the other day, right. and uh, I. I was invited to a Munchkin game, which I could not go to. So nice. they Skyped me in. Oh, yeah. And uh, had a little video there and everything like that. So I video Skyped uh, playing Munchkin. Nice. Told people my moves and made my alliances. And stuff like that. <laughs> it was, it, it was cool. seriously cool. I lost, but it was it was really cool. Uh, and also, we, we talk about the, Audra said the, uh, uh, you know, you don't want to win so bad that, or not win so bad that it's, you know, nobody cares and you don't try. Uh, I got yelled at the other day because I whipped the crap out of uh, Squeak during Candyland, the family game night. And Shannon's <laughs> like, you can at least let her win. <laughs> you know, I'm like, no, she's got to beat me to win. Let you the know? toddler win. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And and uh, uh, there was, there was a, in fact, Shannon was more upset about it than Squeak was. Squeak was like, oh, oh okay. can we play again, Daddy? You know. I, it's like, I'll get you next time. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, Shannon was... Shane was yelling at me that I was physically incapable of letting the Wookiee win. Was, <laughs> <laughs> she may be right. <laughs> <laughs> Probably, but I was like, no! You know. But you guys have played board games with me before. You know how I am. Wouldn't yeah. know anything about that. <laughs> Chuck and I nearly had global thermonuclear war. Wouldn't about. anymore, I don't think. No, but, I don't think anymore. Uh, Would you like to play a game? No! <laughs> no! <laughs> Dear God, do you, does everyone want to die? No! That's Although we we probably have to make a rule that neither one of us do the the would do the I would like to take this moment to point out that I was know. being a dick. I just got to be clear. <laughs> that's why games like Munchkin are cool because it's part of the game. Yeah, play. that's part of the game. It's meant to be part you know, of the gameplay. If that's you're not, not doing like, that, you're not playing. Yeah, that's not like taking somebody's knees out where you're playing like you know Monopoly or something like that. That's 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 part of the that's engineered into the game. Yeah. <laughs> smart game steve jackson for the win oh yeah he's yeah. cool you know uh this is not like a big news event or anything but i just wanted to throw out i was looking uh, a little bit online about prometheus and the guy who plays the engineer um there, there's a story on blaster that says basically there was another engineer that didn't make it into the movie there was like an elderly engineer and uh they ended up cutting his scenes but the guy who plays the engineer first of all looks like the uh phrenology head guy um Totally, if you check that out. But uh, the, the guy who plays him is named Ian White, uh, W-H-Y-T-E. And uh, dude is seven foot one. Holy crap. And he's Welsh and a former pro basketball player. And there you go. Super hot, by the way. 
if you look at his uh, his headshots, or that, he's got like brown hair and a like. Was a that all team. him ripped, or was that digital? Oh, added? that's not humanly possible. No, they they had. No, I mean like his arms and stuff. Oh. But well, he's not his chest because he had like way too many like things going on in here yeah. in his chest area. Yeah, yeah, I think. Um, I think he's probably pretty fit as it is, but um, they had these big like plastic molds and nice. things that they put on him with the body paint and everything. And if you go to the the Prometheus Facebook page, they have gobs of pictures of them applying the molds and everything, and it's, it's just awesome. But I was like, oh my god, seven foot one. I was wondering. I, I mean, it didn't occur to me that the actor actually was that big. I just figured it was camera tricks. I figured you he know? was entirely 3D. I was like, yeah. Well, <laughs> that would have been easier. Thought they did like a, you know, Julia Child type thing or Gandalf camera yeah, tricks. Exactly. Yeah. You know. This week, we wanted to take just a little bit of time to kind of follow up on a discussion that started last week, where we were wrapping up our Growing Up Geek uh, arc, and ended up talking a little bit about the space program. We all had some kind of uh, relatively, I think, more detailed things to say about the space program, the way it affected us growing up and going forward, uh, and how it might affect people now and that sort of thing. So uh, we kind of wanted some time today to talk about that in more, in more detail. Yeah, you know, what I thought was interesting is um, I had started to think about a point where um, I was saying that kids in decades past had something different to look to, you know, that there was kind of a national spirit, I think anyway, that there was a national spirit of wanting to explore space. And, and even though it was usually like military and strategic reasons for doing what we did, there was still kind of a, a I don't know, almost a magic, you know, and a fervor like, yeah, we need to go, you know, that next frontier and all that. And, um, and I'm, I'm sure it wasn't just the U S obviously that had that excitement. Um, but what I had suggested is that, uh, maybe kids of later generations, like, you know, people who are, you know, 20 and under now don't seem to have that same kind of desire. Like when you ask them, what do you want to be when you, when I was a kid, everybody wanted to be an astronaut when you grew up. You know, that I was, did. yeah, that was the, uh, I guess, uh, well, if you forget the expression, the pie in the sky type of, of thing, you know? Yeah. And it just doesn't seem like kids say that anymore. I, I don't know what I they do I say, can't, but. I, you know, I can't speak to what kids would say about what they want to be and that sort of thing. But I think, I think there is still a drive for that kind of thing. It was different. I would agree. I mean, and in some ways better, some ways worse, you know, when, when I was a kid, I grew up during the end of uh, end of the Apollo program, and during the time that I really kind of was paying attention, I guess, you know, like like about ten and on, was during the period where the Apollo program had ended. We were work- moving toward the shuttle, but the shuttle had not flown yet, you know. And in fact, I remember having a book that they published that had a cool cutaway diagram of the space shuttle on the front of it that was essentially like uh, the story of it so far before it had flown and how what it was going to do and how everybody envisioned it and that sort of thing. And, you know, there's very much kind of a, uh, I think, have been three main divisions. There have been like three main divisions of the space program in terms of 
not not necessarily the reality of it, but how it feels to people like us. You yeah, know? yeah. Um, one was the early period, I'll call it, which was which was Mercury, Gemini, Apollo, where uh, during that period it was about exploration to us. You're talking like the '60s, '70s, '60s and '70s, really. Mm-hmm. Um, from the first flight to uh, to uh, you know to the end of the Apollo program, and and granted that was driven by political things, and I understand that. But from a kid's perspective, from a, a fan perspective, you didn't yeah, get yeah. any of that when you were it, a kid. No, nah, it was all about doing cool things, going new places, expanding the horizons of mankind, you know, of of society and of us, and that was cool. Then there is kind of a second period where it it still felt that way to me and I think to a lot of us, but in reality it had shifted, you know? And that's the period where I was a kid and I was paying attention and it felt that way to me. And I remember being in school and if there was a shuttle launch, whatever we were doing in elementary school, everything everything yeah. stopped and our teacher brought yep. the TV up and, and we all watched the launch on TV during class. Yeah. And and during that period, I think it was easy for us to imagine that it was still about exploration because we saw the shuttle as a step, which is how it was sold originally. You know, it was supposed to be the truck that would get all the crap in orbit to build a space station and eventually to take us to Mars and, and, and to the planets because that would be, uh, you know, the, the necessary step on the way. Yeah. yeah. See, I didn't... You know, it was very much like that all up until the point where, and I guess uh, I was in, I don't know, fourth or maybe third grade. I can't remember. It was around there, and the Challenger deal hit, and we were all in the, the auditorium, and there was, you know, it was being projected on the big thing and everything, and you watched it happen. And from that moment on in school, it was always very different. You know, because they they went right from that. They ushered us all back to our classrooms and never said anything else about it. Really, Wait, I was going to say July. No, because I, 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 I was in school. We were in school. Well, I, it was in eighty six, like July eighty six. No, it was eighty. It wasn't in July. Yeah, it wasn't in July. I think you're was, thinking of the moon landing, which happened on oh, the twenty right, first right. of July. Yeah. I think it was. Uh, but all I right. remember being in school for that. And uh, they never mentioned That's it again. That's so weird. You know, never mentioned it again. A, what a horrible way to deal with and, that. Uh, and I remember all of us uh, on the playground after that Sorry, going. January 28th, yeah. 86. Because uh, I, I, I was in school as well. Um, in fact, it was kind of weird because uh, by that time, our classes, we didn't have the big projector thing. You know, some classes watched it, some didn't. You know, it was like whether you're whether your teacher was interested or not. And mine was not. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I was in a class where we were doing free work at that time. And the teacher didn't care to get the stuff for it. Mm. Uh, wow. So I wasn't able to see it, but I, I was listening to it. Actually, uh, I had a, a little radio that I was using uh, um, to listen to it. And, and I heard what happened Wow! and I actually left the class and I mean, I just, it was funny because I didn't even think about it. You know, I was like, who's watching this? You know, and, and somebody was like, oh, yeah, uh, you know. Oh, you were in high school. So-and-so's class is, yeah. Yeah. And I just left and headed straight to the other classroom and just walked in and, and sat down and started watching. And it's funny because nobody asked any questions, you know. <laughs> <laughs> they just let me, you know. And I, I watched for a while and then and then came back. And, uh, 
And in that class, we talked about it a little bit, you know, people didn't really know what was going on because a lot of people, I mean, it was obvious what happened, but the the big what happened, the details took quite a while to come out, you know. Sean, you said that you guys were all gathered around as a school to watch it, and then when it happened, they just ushered you out and never talked to you about it? That's insane. That is unbelievable. Um, It it was very, because we thought, you know, we're like, well, you know, we didn't understand. First of all, we understood that it had exploded, but we didn't understand the connotations behind it or why, you know, what was going on or, or why nobody was saying anything to us. And really, I mean, now I know, understand that they had no concept of, of trying to explain it to them. And the prevailing wind at the time was, you know, well, we'll let their parents deal with it. Wow. And uh, I remember we went home because, you know, it was all pretty uh, close and everything. So like four or five of my friends came with me home. And, uh, my dad was already home and, uh, uh, we asked him, we're like, Hey, you know, we saw it exploded and everything. And so my dad and my mom sat around for, I don't know, three or four hours explaining, you know, why they would partake to do this. And our teacher, uh, was one of the ones who was like in the, I don't know, they weren't disqualified immediately. They were accepted and considered right, yeah. to go. Teacher in space program. Yeah, the teacher in space program. Chris McAuliffe, who was on that flight, yeah. was the would have been the first one to fly. Yeah, right. Yeah. And uh, it and she was on the list, and she was not cut immediately. You know, it's not like she was you know a finalist or anything. But she right, was. Right. She made it through a little bit of the process. You know, right. so um, there was a lot of freaked out about that. And he was like, "Well, you know, your teacher, your teacher who." was the one leading us back to class was uh, had the possibility at one point to be on that flight, you know? So she's probably a little freaked out about that. And they should have talked uh, to you guys. I mean, that can be traumatic for yeah, kids. Well, right. We were a little yeah. messed up by it. Cause we we're like, well, does this mean we're never going to go use the space shuttle anymore? Or does this mean that, that, you know, was somebody, did somebody shoot it down? Is it, did it, you know, what happened? And is, you know, we'd understood that, they were not alive anymore and that they had died but not really why what happened what happened and what this meant and all that stuff so he spent like three or four hours you know explaining it all to us as best he could huh i I just missed his his father my dad your dad that's awesome i'm glad who was who's huge into the the space program i had a lot of friends ask me yeah in quest i you know at at that time because they knew you read about it yeah and paid attention and of course, none of us knew exactly what happened. I mean, we knew what yeah. kinds of things could happen at that point. Well, yeah, and he didn't know either. But he, but we didn't understand. You know, yeah, I'm with the you. whole concept. Why are we of, doing this? Why? Why is, would you take the risk? Yeah, you know, we, we didn't know. And you know, it's funny too because um, originally the shuttle was sold. You know, we came off Apollo and a lot of the political drive, almost all the political drive for the space program was gone. You know, originally, uh, as I think everyone is aware, the Cold War and the need to kind of plant the flag and that sort of thing was the drive, even though maybe not for the people who did it, maybe not for the for for us as kids, you know, as as fans. But but that was the drive and that dried up and. With the end of the, you know, with without that motivation, the shuttle program was sold as a stepping stone to something bigger, which made it uh, made it accessible to the exploration crowd. Uh, they it was sold as a continuing presence in space, which sold it to the conservative crowd. 
Uh, it was yeah. sold to the military as an inexpensive way to put satellites up and to carry things into orbit. Well, I mean, listen to the name of the, the craft. It's a shuttle. It's you truck. Are, yeah. yeah. It's a, you are moving something from somewhere to a specific location for a purpose, and that's not... It's, it's a truck that carries about 64,000 pounds in a in a in a cargo bay that's about the size of a school bus yeah. into orbit, which meant that you could do some things you couldn't do before, like capture. You can't bring 64,000 pounds back. It's much smaller that you can bring back. But you could bring some satellites back from orbit and, yeah. and, and that sort of thing. Yeah, you can cameras and all kinds of... Yeah, you do cool stuff. But they sold it to all these people, and it was kind of a, 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 a get money from everywhere, make it everything to everyone. And it, and it was... It was the big multi-tool that did a little bit of everything and nothing really well. Yeah. And some of the concepts behind it didn't work out as well as planned. Like, like for example, the thermal protection system, the tiles. You know, the, the idea of these tiles being replaceable, if you look at Apollo capsule, which you got to, you saw an Apollo capsule. Yeah. Um, you know, they, they literally hand-built those ablative heat shields, and they're one use. You know, they burn off, and that's it, you know. And the shuttle used these tiles that were designed to, uh, uh, they're, they're essentially glass. Uh, you know, it's like a glass foam. And they're designed to, you know, withstand the heat. And over time, you can replace them. So essentially, it would land. And then you'd spend months with these poor tile techs. There were a lot of them employed out there who would go by them one by one and, and check them and fix them. Check the integrity of the tiles. It was very expensive. And that's a big damn ship. If you've never seen one in, in real life, there are a lot of tiles on that thing. <laughs> yeah. Kind of a funny thing, too. I'm sorry to geek out on this stuff, but funny way you can tell the yeah, difference. Yeah, this is neither the time nor the place. <laughs> you can actually tell which orbiter you're looking at without seeing the name on it based upon the tile configuration and big, not like individual tiles. Cause I mean, nobody could remember that. I could the 30th tile down from the 17th row. <laughs> no, but as they went on, they actually got smarter in building them with fewer tiles. So like, uh, especially Endeavor and Atlantis, the, the, old, the, the, the newest orbiters, uh, like the top of the wings aren't covered at all with tiles. In fact, they have uh, they have like a pad this uh, this other material that's installed there because it's the least heat sensitive section. You can you kind of if when when you pay attention you can tell it's kind of neat. I, no, that, I'm into crap like that, yeah. but. No, you know, I was going to say uh, real quick, Chuck, I, I looked because I was trying to figure out you guys had stories remembering Challenger and what mm -hmm. happened. And I'm like, I don't remember it specifically in my own experience. Why is that? And based on the day and time and everything that it was, um, it was like 1138 Eastern when it happened. Mm -hmm. So I was in Washington State. It would have been 838 in the morning. Um, and I was in kindergarten. And I went to half day kindergarten back then, which started at like twelve. Oh hell, so you guys were you were at home. Yeah, I was at home. Yeah, I mean, I I might have still been asleep when it happened, and <laughs> and I was, you know, had just turned six years old. So you know, I don't. I think I remember seeing footage of it later on the news, but I don't really remember anyone talking to me about it at length. You know, uh, I it was funny the loss of Columbia was similar to that for me actually because uh, I'm sure you remember this Audra I, I mean actually I, you and I I think we're together we were and apartment. I was uh, I I was not really watching the the reentry it was pretty you know it, it happened a lot I I was paying rough attention but I wasn't watching it in real time and actually my friend Carrie uh, who was on the podcast once a long time back 
and he uh he and i worked at space camp together one summer so he was kind of into that stuff and he actually called me and was like uh dude you need to watch this and i we that's when i woke up i mean left what i was doing and got you and we turned the tv on and sat down and, and saw what was happening and of course the images they were showing made it pretty clear what what was happening uh, and of course the scary part was that it, it happened essentially here it was right over texas basically and, and they, found they found debris and stuff right here. people like in areas relatively close to us were finding debris and that sort of thing and it was uh, it, it was a really creepy kind of scary crappy. Yeah, even thing, just you know? like three years ago or something, they found another piece of the the shuttle um, in one of the lakes around here where the water had receded. Right. Because people didn't know to what like people thought it was a UFO and stuff. They're like, "What is this? You know, this metal thing in the water." Yeah, I saw it come down, uh, and I don't mean on TV. Uh, we we actually got to see. I was. Um, uh, part-timing on flight line at the time. And we got, uh, you start hearing like when you're in the, the FBO, you you're listening for incoming aircraft so you can get out there and mm-hmm. make sure the ramps all clean and all that. Anyway. Um, and we heard these, these airline pilots and a, a couple of other pilots being, you know, talking about there's an aircraft fire, you know, an aircraft on fire, it's going down and everything. And then they start to, you know, through calculations and how fast it's disappearing for these people versus how fast it's moving for these people, you realize it's going way too fast to be any any kind of commercial aircraft. And uh, you know, we, buddy of mine was outside fueling the trucks and and uh, all that, and he said, "Come out, hand to me a pair of binoculars." Is like, look, and you know, I saw it. You know, at the time, it was it was just like a big kind of fireball moving fast with a couple sporadic pieces. And then I saw the, and it's famous. It's always the one they use the part of it kind of peel off a little bit and you got another big glob of it. Um, we saw that and it was gone and yeah, you know, I mean a couple seconds, I mean, it, it was just, it's moving way too. I don't know how many thousands of miles an hour it's moving, but it's, it's hauling ass. And, uh, that was, that was the first one I actually I was like, wow, that's, that's not cool. You know, because there's only one other thing it can be, you know, <laughs> other than because it was, a, you know, it could be a satellite, it could be a meteor, but they don't break apart like that, generally speaking. And then you hear it's Columbia, you know, and it, it was it was weird because I was working, you know, at an airport. Uh, there was I'm hearing on the radio people who are with it, you know, they're in the air with it. They're all that kind of stuff. It was it was weird. It was very strange. I think the the saddest thing about the shuttle program for me, though, as as a fan, you know, of of space exploration in general, uh, was not the fact that over you know, well over a hundred missions that they lost one and lost two. You know, I, as much as I hate to say this, you kind of expect that it's going to happen. I mean, I I think that. What the sad part was is I remember living in Florida in the in the early nineties. Uh, I lived in Cocoa, right off, you know, right right near Kennedy Space Center, and I remember hearing the talk about the way things went and what people were doing, and and I don't mean like the big talk of big important people. I mean like people who worked, you know, tile techs and stuff like that that you'd hear talking. Oh yeah. And you know, you know, it was clear back then. I mean, you you were getting the picture. I, I I didn't want to accept it, but you were getting the picture that the shuttle was not 
viewed by the people who paid for it as a stepping stone to anything. It was kind of depressing. Yeah. And you kept thinking, well, you know, because back then they were talking about the National Aerospace Plane was was proposed as a replacement for the space shuttle. Single stage to orbit was getting a lot of attention back then. The idea of a vehicle that would take off and land and you put gas in it and it would go back into orbit, you know, not 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 this huge hundred and fifty million dollar launch that that you just can't sustain, you know, and from the. The business side, you could see it falling apart because, you know, people like even in the early 90s, when there were many, many shuttle missions scheduled, you know, more than a decade into the future, they were taking missions off the end to fund current stuff. You know, so literally they would just spread it all out a little bit and take take missions off. And then one day, you know, here we are. As you know, the 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 space station began to form, and there was that debacle, you know, where they just, you know, five billion dollars went into it, and they didn't even have parts that would fit together. And you know, it's like we need more money, and the money that they had wasn't doing anything or wasn't going places. And you have people who the 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 unmanned exploration crowd that are like, we need to explore, and this man stuff ain't going to cut it. I disagree. You know, I think that they're both very important yeah i don't think it's a one or the other type of thing that we need for that exactly we need all kinds of stuff Uh, hell even on star trek they use probes (laughs) yeah and i i guess it you could see it starting to unravel you know and then the national aerospace plane didn't work out single stage orbit didn't really work out uh there the the dcx accident you know kind of shut down that program and what's DCX, it was like one of the early kind of promising-looking single-stage-to-orbit craft. They, the DCX was like the the first mid-scale test craft they that took off vertically and hovered and moved, like translated. Uh, oh, I remember that. Feet and then landed again. It blew up. Uh, yeah, they had a. It was just a stupid kind of thing. This kind of stuff that happens with this, where there was a problem with a fuel system and it blew up, right? And they they just they were already so close on funding, they were like. We can't continue it. I did not know that. And a whole bunch of things came together to like unravel the space program slowly. And I think by 2000, I think it was pretty clear that there was no follow up for the space shuttle, that when it ran out, it was done and you could see the end. Yeah. And sure enough, we got there and that's exactly what happened. We have a U.S. We don't we don't have a U.S. manned space program. I mean, we do. uh in that we can pay other nations to carry our people into orbit to stay on the space station that we funded part of developing. That's the U S man space program right now. You, you know? know, I was thinking if you look back over say the, the 20th century and you look at all the major factors, like the big motivating moves that could uh, cause people to take leaps in space advance, right? You know, what, what kind of stuff makes people move that way? Um, envy. And, you, and you look at stuff, huh? Envy. That's it. Worry. Oh. Sorry. Well, maybe, but I mean, I was going to say. She's talking on the lighter end of things. My bad. No, I'm not, I was going to say, you know, Eisenhower uh, did this huge national security uh, funding, basically, that said, you know, he saw a lot of risk, you know, uh, like you're saying, maybe not envy, but but anxiety yeah. and, and fear and and risk about um, you know our country not being as powerful in relation to others yeah, it was a hell of a fear when sputnik went up and yeah, yeah. and yeah. and what yeah. eisenhower did was he like funneled all of this money in the name of national security funneled all this money into 
education. And a lot of people went into teaching as part of that. And then you get, you know, maybe a lot of people who go to college to avoid going to Vietnam War, you know. Um, you get stuff like the GI Bill, which sends people to get training. Um, and I'm trying to think, like, what, what makes people go into a, a time in their life where they can innovate in in a space-relevant way? And a lot of times it's funding, right? Scholarships, GI Bills, uh, national security funds and, and initiatives and stuff like that. I would suggest that just as important as the funding maybe even more important than the funding are science fiction writers. And I think that whether it's science fiction literature or science fiction TV or movies or, or anything, media, planting the, the passion and the curiosity and the dream. Imagination. Like, you know, the, 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 the uh, right stuff joke, no bucks, no buck Rogers, no buck Rogers, no buck Rogers. Yeah, you know. Yeah, exactly. No <laughs> role model for Buck Rogers. No, yeah. Buck no Rogers. idea of of if this isn't something that strikes us as fascinating to do, we're not going to do it. And you know, say what you want about him, but you know, Flash Gordon. Yeah, no. made a difference in a lot of people's lives. Yeah, you know? and and totally. If you if you don't have that inspiration. Uh, no matter how you got it, what did you get it from a radio show or this great picture or this movie or, or whatever comic books, it doesn't really matter. Something inspired you to, to hold this in interest. And if you don't have that, you're, you're never going to want to do something. It'll be the same as taking out the trash or, or, you know, cleaning the floor or whatever. It's just another thing you have to do unless somebody's excited about this, unless somebody has put this in a light that, that lets it capture your imagination. You're not. Well, I, I think, I think you guys hit upon what marks the third section of this and the, the, the recent new relatively new world that we're in when it comes to fans and space exploration, which is, which is non military driven. Yeah. Take it upon ourselves to figure out a way. Right. And, and it's the first hope I've had since, you know, since 2000, really. Um, I feel watching, like I have to admit, when I in in the last podcast when I talked about walking into the Air and Space, you know, the Air and Space Museum, I you know what struck me? I'm like, holy crap, that's Spaceship One, because you know what? That is the biggest event space travel wise in our our lifetime. You know, all of you were born after me, and I was born after the moon landing, so <laughs> I can say that. You know, I mean, we honestly that was a change like bang all of a sudden i was like oh crap you know we are about to enter a time where where it's not about whether the government feels like we should be doing that or not and and i realize that's money-based and i realize that that can be as scary every bit as scary as the government being in charge but you know what we're going places again and uh, there's reasons to go to like uh, my thing is is oh i always picture in my head that scene with rusty and danny you know why do this no, I need a reason. Yeah. I need a reason, Danny. And there are reasons other than just pure exploration because that main, that only gets you so far, you know, because somebody's got to fund it for some reason. There's all kinds of reasons to go into space to look at that stuff. Uh, one of my favorites, and I, I know I've harped on this before, is, and it's the reason I even played Eve. 
uh, asteroid is, mining. is asteroid mining. There's tons and tons and tons and tons, literally, of of valuable materials that are just floating out in the asteroid belts and, and around planets and all that kind of places that can make worlds of difference here. Yeah. It can change our economy. It can change the way we do things. It can change the way we use and consume materials. It can, can help save our planet. people's lives better. Way different than it is right now. And you to do that, you need men in vehicles or, or people in vehicles. Sorry, Andrew. Uh, people in yep. vehicles to go and get the stuff and get there and bring it back or, or change it in space and bring it back or whatever. To do that, you still have to get there. You know, there can be all kinds of reasons to go. I, I'm not going. I hate traveling. <laughs> but think about this. You don't need a lot of people to go. You need a lot of people to support in the going. In science fiction, in the science fiction that you enjoy and that inspires you, how often is the space travel the point? How often of it, how often is space travel what it's all about? Like, look, we went into space. Yeah, never. Never. Yeah. It's always, not past the first time. Anyway. Right. And that's <laughs> <Right>. it. <laughs> and that's it. You know, we've graduated finally from, look, you're the first person to do X, Y, whatever. Okay. You know what? We're tired of that. You know what we need to do now? We need to do things. We need to expand. It's like Jim Lovell said in, in Apollo 13, right? Can you imagine what would happen if Columbus came over and then no one else went to follow in his footsteps? You know, not that Columbus is the best example. Or if of that's like all good it was expert. about. If, if, yeah, if, I mean, if it was just oh, about. Okay, I found it. We went there. We're no, done. <laughs> Bought a next? t-shirt. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. That's it. Yeah. I think that the hero worship, I enjoyed the hero worship when I was a kid. That's awesome. But you know what? I'm glad it's over. I'm glad we're done with... Yeah, I didn't have any of We're that. first. I'm glad we're, we're on to... Let's do things. Let's, let's do something worth it. You want a career in space? It's coming. See, that interests me far more than just... And I know this sounds harsh, but it interests me far more than just going to space for space's sake. That's awesome. I don't care about that. I don't care that... that you know, okay, well, we stepped on the rock. Okay, well, well what, what else can we do? I care, you know, but not as much as I care about the, the idea of, yeah, let's do well, something. How awesome let's, would it be if, if you could get people out there? I mean, just think it's, it's more than exploration simply to find uh, other life, which is awesome. And yeah. I think a good enough reason. But think about all the other stuff. Like we could learn just the stuff that they're finding with the probes from Mars, what we could learn about our own planet, what we could learn about technology that we could use to make, to solve problems here like famine or not being able to deal with water shortages or clean water or whatever. Or, or what if you could send biologists out and they could find out new things that would change medicine for us? Well, and even the, the smaller things even that have excited me. You know, the most exciting thing I've, I've been in space in my lifetime that is, has affected me is, is, uh, the, when they sent Voyager out of the solar system. Yeah. That is awesome. And we got images back that are now, and I watched a show with Neil deGrasse Tyson the other day that was telling you and, and kind of interpreting some of the data that they're getting back from this and understanding, you know that uh, how the, a better understanding of how planets are formed, how we were formed, uh, that that there are uh, all kinds of weather patterns that we didn't even know existed in our solar system. I mean, there's three thousand mile an hour winds on, uh, I think it's Neptune. Uh, why is that? You know, how would you even develop that? 
you know, why does that make it look like that? Okay, well, so basically, well, it's know. Kansas, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I mean, there's there's all kinds of these things that they're finding out from this one little non man pro that just they sent out. And it's sending pictures back, and it left the solar system. It is the only man-made object that we did on purpose <laughs> that has left the solar system. And it's it's just going out. It's doing its thing. That is very exciting to me. Do I think that we should only do that? No, of course not. You know, We should use the big you know, uh, uh, radio telescope that we've got on, uh, you know, in where is it, Brazil or whatever? It's the, uh, right. you know, the one I'm talking no, I'm about. The, about the one they used in the Bond movie, damn it. Uh, yeah, sure. Golden uh, yeah, they should. We should be using that. We should be putting boots in the in the sky. I mean, that's that's awesome. But you can't just focus on one thing, and we have to have a reason for doing all this. It can't just be to do it because no one's going to pay for that. No one's going to want to. You can't keep the excitement up for that. We can change our fundamental understanding of the universe and the way we live in our planet by going to space. That's exciting to me. I think that science fiction media and stuff can be you know, a factor in giving us reasons, you know, if think about all the people, I don't know. I mean, I, I've talked to so many people like at the college, you know, who teach math and who teach science and stuff. And so many of them are, are geeks in one way or another and love the idea of space exploration. And I haven't talked to them about it at length or anything, but just think, I mean, people, people read sci-fi and it spurs their imagination. And then whatever they grow up to do in their life they could find good reasons to go. I agree. Guys, I hate to do it. We got to wrap up because it's Father's Day. Well, it's Father's Day it's weekend. Yeah. So, it's it's father, Father's Day celebration day. It so, is. It is. It is. Um, happy I Father's go. Day, sir. Yeah, thank you. And to all fathers. Indeed. Yay. Audrey, you got anything to add here at the end? No, no. Just really enjoyed the conversation. I'm glad we got to bring oh, it back oh, yeah. some more. There's never enough time for this subject, Sean. Uh, no, there's, there really isn't. Uh, and uh, happy Father's Day. Uh, adopt a pet. And thanks for listening. Yeah. And if you want to talk about this some more, just hit any of the three of us up because we'll talk you off and listen to you talk about it for hours. Hours. See you next week. On behalf of everyone here at GWC, thanks for listening. And thanks to all who make GWC possible, including producers Soleil, forum moderators Badger Spoon, Pike, and Frack and Talos, GWC Book Club Maven, Casilda, and tech guru Juan Drew. Remember, if you'd like to share your opinions with the GWC crew and listeners, you can call us anytime at 214-296-9229, extension 701. You can also contact us via galacticwatercooler.com, our website and blog. But you should really spend some time over on the GWC forum. GWCers really are the friendliest people on sci-fi. And we're always re-watching a group reading something fun. You might even find a GWC meetup somewhere near you. GWC is funded by advertising and by listeners like you. For information on how you can donate, visit galacticwatercooler.com slash support. Finally, special thanks to Ferris and his friends Encoder and Jim Minadeo for GWC's sweet theme music. For more Encoder, visit them at myspace.com slash Encoder. <laughs>